Welcome to Ghost Gaze, a hauntingly gay podcast. Welcome to Ghost Gaze. I'm Carson. I'm Colleen. And today, we are very excited, aren't we, Colleen? We are. Some of you may have noticed, we have a new logo. I'm really excited about this. I know. I Honestly, guys, I, like, I could punch him in the face. He's been talking about it nonstop. <laughs> but it's great, like... I mean, I love our little ghost logo. It's so cute. And we got to give a special little shout out to the creators, of course. Obviously. Yeah. So we got to thank Megan and Katie for their very hard work. Over at uh, Whimsy Creative Design. We are so thankful for their help. We could not have done this. This is awesome. If you guys need anything, DM them. They will for sure help you out. Um, also, go follow them at the Petrus family on Instagram as well. All right, Colleen, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about John Norman Collins, or the Ypsilanti Ripper, as many know him. He uh, was active during the 60s here in Michigan, uh, over in my neck of the woods in the Ann Arbor Ipsy area. And he did some royally fucked up shit that I think is just, that alone is going to spook you right down to your bones, friends. Oh, yeah. Um, The next thing you guys are going to hear is us talking about the case. And if you hear a little background noise, we were actually recording outside because it was so nice out. So, of course, we had to record outside. And my deck is great. Yes. All right. Well, (laughs) enjoy. (laughs) When I initially started doing research into this case, um, the reports that I saw said that, like, he had claimed to kill more women than what they were charging him with. When in reality, it was the other way around. They were trying to connect all sorts of cases to the Michigan murders mm-hmm. themselves to build a case for John Norman Collins. Um, but up until like this very day, he still claims not to have known any of the women, not to have anything to do with them. Not like he's innocent. He's totally innocent guys. Don't worry. They locked up the wrong man. He's innocent. I mean, you got some guts there to stick with that story. For, I, no matter despite the what. fact that the first victim was seen being picked up in a, blue gray Chevrolet and the same car was seen at the funeral home by that really creepy dude yeah. who was trying to like get a picture of her in her casket as a keepsake. Ugh. Ugh. So that was something that I kind of wanted to, uh, to amend about the whole thing is that he <laughs> did all of these horrible things and then refused to even take credit for them. Um, I also wanted to kind of talk about how m- most serial killers when they start, there's like a gradual lead up to the insanity that comes with their stuff. Yeah. Like they always go out with a, they start small and they go out with a bang. Um, John Norman Collins had wanted nothing to do with that. Mary was found naked in the abandoned farmhouse and she had been stabbed 30 times in the chest and abdomen. Her feet had been cut off. Her fingers had been removed on one hand and her forearm had been removed on the other hand. And the grossest part about all of that is that the body parts were never recovered. They have really? no idea what he did with them. So there's some speculation that he ate them. There's mm-hmm. some speculation that he did it to try and like disfigure her and hide her identity and just like buried the parts somewhere. Um yeah, really, really nasty stuff. Um, now, at the actual farmhouse, like we were talking about yesterday, I've also found that um, if you like, if you park your car alongside the road and like walk up to the electrical post where the farmhouse supposedly used to stand, um, it's like five feet to north from the electrical post, and then like eight feet to the left of that if you stand in that spot you can hear mary whispering for help oh wow you definitely try that mm-hmm. it would definitely be interesting to see if we could feel any like sure, we could record while doing energy it. there um it's also said that when people drive down the road if you don't see anything necessarily um car radios have known to go like haywire mm-hmm. kind of hectic lots of static lots of um like you can't pick up a signal really along that Correct. road um, same with cell phones too. It says that it's, you hit just like a dead zone as soon mm-hmm. as you get close within like a 30 foot radius of the area. It's right. like dead zone. Gone. Yeah. Um, and then 
trunks of cars have been known to open by uh, themselves. Yeah, I read about that. And my trunk is pretty sturdy. And yeah, because you have a new car. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see if it'll pop open. I was going to say, my little Ford Focus Fiesta would just like, of course my trunk would pop <laughs> open on a road like that, like an old abandoned dirt road. Right. My car is not going to make that. No, but no, You've no. got like a nice new sturdy like 2019 or... 16. Oh. It is 2016. It's a couple of years old, but it's still pretty sturdy. Yeah. I wish it was a 2019. The other interesting thing that I wanted to kind of talk about with the case was that um, the murders, for the most part, were up until the very end, were generally kind of spread out. Um, yeah. Mary was killed in 67, and then Joan was not killed until almost a year later in June of 1968 really and then even after that mary or marilyn skellington sorry uh she was found in march 24th 1969 so again not until almost a year after like the first three murders were all about a year apart Mm -hmm. and then after that it was april 15th 1969 june 8th 69 june 30th 69 and july 23rd and that was the last murder and those murders age ranged from, like, what, 13 to 21, I think mm-hmm. you said? 13 to 21 years old. The youngest was Dawn, uh, April 15, 1969. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of details on her case. I'm assuming because she's a minor. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't really release a lot of those records from the public. I don't really care to see what he did to Dawn because... Yeah, not interested. I mean... I'm not even going to discuss all of the details of this case because, I mean, all of the victims were unfortunately, well, all for one, were unfortunately assaulted. um, And it was just truly just out of your worst nightmare. You could never. If if you yourself would like to go look up more specific details, feel free. But it's something that I, I remember you told me and I was like, I don't. I don't want to talk about that. No, it's just, it's a little too much of a dark, it's a, it is a very dark case. And, you know, there's some things that can't be avoided with things like that, mm-hmm. but you can choose what you do want to talk about. And I'm just not comfortable going into a lot of the really heavier details. Yeah. Uh, John Norman Collins was arrested on, in 1969 and he was sentenced to life in prison at the Marquette branch prison in august 19 1970 so just over three years after he started murdering women that's way too long for someone to be out there doing that mm-hmm. get your shit together cops <laughs> I, you know you I, you could say you know it's the 60s uh, they didn't have as many resources as they would i'm sure that like if police today had heard the story about uh of somebody being abducted in a blue gray Chevrolet and then that same car being seen at the funeral home where that mm-hmm. body was being processed, there wouldn't have been a question. Like they would have tracked him down immediately. Oh, yeah. And I'm not really sure what went into the decision to not really investigate that report at the time. Maybe the receptionist didn't speak up about seeing the blue car until after he was apprehended. Right. And she saw the report about that woman being picked up in a yeah. blue gray Chevrolet. That's also a possibility. I know that happens a lot in cases. People were like, oh, I didn't think that information was important. So I just didn't think anything of it. And then I saw it on the news and was like, oh, I need to tell somebody now. Right. Um, the second victim, though, it was it was kind of the same situation where, like, the second victim, Joan, was going to visit her boyfriend in, Ar- in Ann Arbor. Uh, she lived in Ypsilanti with one of her friends. And uh, she missed the last bus to get to Ann Arbor to visit her boyfriend. So she was going to hitchhike. And her friend said, no, 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 don't do that. Like, uh, we'll figure out something else. And then a car pulled up and it wasn't a blue gray Chevrolet, but it was a different um, car. It was Mm -hmm. a young man with short, dark side parted hair, that same side parted hair that like everybody has the sightings of that eventually loop back around the Collins. Yeah. Um, It was sitting in the passenger seat and he just said, want to ride? And her roommate, again, said, hey, I don't trust this. This is really sketch. Um, And Joan said, you know, don't worry about it. I'll give you a call as soon as I get to my boyfriend's apartment, and you'll know I'm okay. Right. Obviously, she never got that call. Was the roommate there with her while she was waiting for the bus? She was waiting with her for a little bit, and she didn't get, like, a full view of the face because I think she was walking away, like, her roommate said, I'm just going to hitchhike. Don't worry about it. And she was walking away and saw 
Collins, or she didn't know it was Collins, but she saw his right. car pull up, thought it was a little sketch, and was like, hey, maybe don't go with this guy. Maybe maybe wait around or, like, go visit yeah. your boyfriend tomorrow or something. This is why I adopt the buddy system nowadays, mm-hmm. especially with one of us going somewhere. I always make sure we're there till you leave. Um, I, of course, I'm never going to be like, yeah, get in this random car coming. <laughs> if I did that, I would take down the license plate, take pictures of the car, everything. Right. Um, another interesting thing about that, though, uh, when Joan's body was discovered, is that that was around the time that they did actually bring Collins in for questioning for the very first time. Okay. Um, because it was said that she was seen walking around Emmett Street with him on the night of her disappearance. Oh, gotcha. And, of course, you know, they brought him in and they questioned him and he denied ever knowing her. Oh, of course. course. Naturally. Like, what else is he supposed to say? He naturally denied ever knowing her. Like, that couldn't have possibly been me. I don't drive around that area. I don't live around in that area. Mm. Couldn't be me. No. Denial. And, like, that was just his general stance on the entire court case during his whole trial was, I never knew any of these women. I'm a nice guy. I, I've never hurt anybody before. What a psychopath. And it's like I was saying, um, looping back around to the beginning, when his when we were talking about what he was going to school for, like he was, he presented as like a very well put together, kind individual. He was going to school to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this one report of this woman who was talking about how she was walking home late at night by herself. And she was a classmate of John. And yeah. um, she he, like, pulled up and started, like, demanding that he get in her car uh, or that she get in his car and was like, I'm just going to drive you home. I'm going to drive you home. She was like, no, that's okay. I live right there. And, yep. like, immediately after she pointed to her house, she looked at his face and was like, I could tell it was a mistake telling him where I lived. Yeah. Immediately after telling him I could tell it, it was a mistake. Some people caught on, and unfortunately not enough people really picked up on that kind of no. dark side to him because I think if he had been a little bit more of an outcast, a little bit more of a loner, the police wouldn't have been so quick to believe him when he like said that he didn't know them. Or... Yeah, because apparently, like you said, he was a very outgoing and charming man. Mm-hmm. and Everybody liked him. Yeah, everybody liked him. Everybody seemed like he was a oh, stand-up good guy. Mm-hmm. It was and... one of those things where people were like flabbergasted almost when he was arrested. Yep. I actually have been in a situation like that where I know someone who had been arrested for doing something awful and illegal. Um, and they were like, Oh no, that could never happen. That could never happen. And I actually had to give a statement at one point about something that happened. And I was like, I was like, you can't just say that you don't know this person. Right. This experience that I had is completely different than anything you've ever experienced. Like they see this nice guy who is nice to everybody. And I just see a monster now. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It takes that one that one thing, like that girl who was like, nope, should not have told him where I lived, should not have done that, but everybody else would see him as a nice nice guy, you know? That's where my trust issue started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Also, can you imagine being the two teenage boys that found Mary's body in the barn? Oh, that would be awful. Like, that's got to be, like, the was most, it... the worst sexual awakening. And you're, like, you find, like, a naked woman. Hooray! But, oops, she's murdered. She's murdered and missing limbs, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, because, or do, was it the people who found her, did they own the farm? No, so the farm had been abandoned for a oh, while. Okay. That's why. Another creepy story that I'm sorry to random segues here. But um, <laughs> I keep remembering these little facts as I've been doing research into this guy. Um. One of his classmates was riding around with Collins and some of their friends one night, and they were actually driving past the abandoned barn that Mm -hmm. Mary was found in. And um, she made a comment about how, oh, that barn is really that like that farm's really abandoned. There's probably bodies in there. Mm -hmm. And she said, I remember vividly that John turned to me and said, yeah, do you want to go find some? Ooh. Like, this is not somebody who didn't have a hand to do with any of this. Right. Like, obviously, he did something. Like, his his general demeanor when women would say no to him and, um, like, the swagger confidence that he had really no right having. Because let's be real, he wasn't that handsome. No. He wasn't that charming. He was just a general white dude in the 60s that thought he could do whatever he wanted. Sorry, John Norman Collins, you don't get to degrade women and do whatever you want to them and kill them just because you want to. Right. You did it. We know you did it. How could you just, like, deny this? 
Is he still alive? He is still alive, yep. How old is he now? I believe that he would be in his 80s. I have it saved here. He's 73. So not quite in his 80s. He's 73. One of the other really interesting things um, was there. one of the murders didn't even take place in Michigan. Really? One of them was uh, in Salinas, California. Uh, they found that they had reason to believe that a Michigan individual named John was responsible for the death of a woman named Roxy Ann Phillips. And so uh, two Washtenaw County detectives traveled out and they took a look at the body and like the general details of the case. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yep, that matches our ammo. We got to see if this ties up to anything else. And um, yeah, they were able to tie it to the case. So I thought that it was really interesting that like, I'm not sure if he went to California, like specifically to like try and get away and restart mm-hmm. or if he was just on vacation and like murdered this woman while like hey while you're in vegas you know what happens in vegas stays in vegas what happens in salinas oh wait was it california it was in california oh never mind i was like wait what happens in salinas stays in salinas gomez oh so um one of the things that they were able to tie the cases together with the california murder and the michigan murder was specifically that she had been uh strangled um all of the women no matter what had been done to them prior to their death or whatever Mm -hmm. form of torture they all had some sort of strangulation done to them um one of them was like when a girl had a mini skirt around her neck the other girl had like a pair of pantyhose in one way or another there was something around their necks or something to do with their necks right so one of the clues was that she had been strangled to death and her ear was missing Ear was missing? Her ear was missing. He cut off her ear. And again, they never recovered that body part. No. So some uh, uh, like some people think that he still has them hidden somewhere. Probably. I know I know some serial killers will do that. They'll mm-hmm. keep things, hide them, bury them. People will never find them until like their dying day when they're like, Hey, I actually did this. This is where you're gonna find all this information and then they like die the next day. Yeah. Creepy creepy. He is also still trying to appeal his sentence, which is the another really horrifying thing about the whole ordeal is that, like, to this day, he still claims he's innocent. He's still trying to appeal his sentence. Um, his last appeal was in 72. Jeez. Uh, I don't think he's eligible for, like, another five years to apply again. It's, like, every 35 years or something like that. Jeez. 45 years he's able to... I mean, really, what would be the point? What's the point? I mean, especially at this age. I mean, yeah, do your last bit of traveling, but, you know. You don't deserve it, though. You don't. And you're not going to be. I know some some states, I'm not sure if this happens everywhere, but I know some states and prisons will, like, if you're wrongfully accused and wrongfully sentenced, you they actually pay you up to, like, a million dollars for, like, oh, we're so sorry. And I'm wondering if that's a situation where they'll they'll do that. For him, if mm-hmm. he was able to, if his appeal went through, there you go. He has money. He can go travel the world, murder people in Alaska. I don't know, somewhere. I don't trust it. Don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I do not trust it. I wonder if they're just like the judges, like hand on the table, like again for the last time. Look at the evidence. It's very clear. I just, I don't know if I've seen too many like Colonel Mind episodes here, <laughs> or like I, I've seen too many studies and like cases of of. of older creepy people like that picking out like a mentee mentor yeah wanting to be like a mentor for a young creepy like serial killer ingenue on the scene yeah like i could totally see collins being like hey you want to go down in history (laughs) murder some women in epsilon so was that all the info we got for that uh yeah i think that's really all there is to the case up next Enjoy our very interesting drive to the silo where one of the Ripper's victims was found dead. Okay. Hi, friends. Oh, okay. That's fine, sir. Just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't coming up on you or anything. No, 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 no. Just pull out in front of me. That's fine. Anyway. <laughs> We're about uh, half a mile away from our location here. Um, we are going to... The, where the abandoned farmhouse used to stand that Mary's body was found in. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of reported area or activity at, in this area before. It's said that uh, people who 
drive up and down Gettys or LaCour's Road. Their trucks can be seriously open. Um, there have been sightings of apparitions of both Mary and another woman, a different woman. Um, LaCour's right here. Keep an eye out for an electrical tower, I guess, or a silo. Up here? Maybe up there, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we we'll just along this road then. Um, that the old barn used to stand. Oh, is that what we're looking for? Yeah, that's the silo right there. Wow. So this is where it happened? Or was it at the... It, uh, well, the barn, it said that it stood... Um, maybe it keeps going down a little farther. Maybe it is down farther this way. Uh, wherever the electrical tower is, that's, that's where the barn is. You can see the electrical tower right there, back there. Do you hear some noise again? We are on another dirt road that is less bumpy, actually, but still on a dirt road. That's the bias on the farmhouse, right? Right. That's where the farmhouse used to stand back there. And that's supposedly, I'm assuming it's the older looking post, where yeah. like the tree is planted around it back there. Private properties, you shouldn't go. No, people on it. Unfortunately, it is private property. Uh, we are still going to take a little bit of a trip up and down LaForge and Gettys and see if we can experience anything in that aspect, I think. Yeah, I was going to say this is a real kind of spooky area in general, so... Uh, I was going to say the same kind of general feeling. I don't know. Like, it's like the farther we go down LaForge, the faster my heart beats. Yes. Okay, I'm just feeling the same way right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like... I don't know if it's because I know that this is the area that you used to, like drive around and with his friends, like, if they would come up and down Gettys before, I mean, it's all farm area back here, so of course, let's go to college kids, you know, who just drive around and yeah. move off with their friends in these dirt roads, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and it, I don't know if it's because it's such, like, a visceral, like, uh, maybe that's the wrong wording, um, like, a, a strong image in my mind of, you know, just, like, being regular human almost and knowing that like he hit that woman in that barn and still looping off his friends and asking people yeah you want to go look for some dead bodies over there i hear there are some over there yeah this area is a little i'm actually going to turn around here uh, but this area is very my heart was just racing back there because mm -hmm. my heart was racing and i was like out of breath yeah it was it was almost like impossible to breathe like as we were going past the silo and as i could see like the post with the trees and everything in the distance there in the field i just like it it just kind of stopped in my heart you know? yeah like around here i started to feel a little better as we're coming out do you want to take a picture of the silo when i go back oh there's a turkey up there you see it oh my god is that a turkey yeah you look up the significance of seeing wild game I got out of the car to see the picture of the gate, but I actually don't want to get out of the car. That's fair. This is a big creek, though. Yeah. Oh, God. There's a carcass of a dead fucking deer there. I think it's really. Weird that this dead animal right next to us. And then we just saw that turkey too. That's really weirding me out. This is. It's weird because that animal is dead, literally right in front of the silo. And also, it looks like it's been half eaten. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable walking around here. Uh, no, I don't really either. That's the other thing is that yeah. even if it wasn't private protected property, um, we like I said before, we are out in Boondocks, so like, oh, oh, that's freaky. That's like a whole ass building right there. That's yeah. Cool. That's. Mm, it's also rumored that right there um, could have potentially been where it was like cordoned off. The farmhouse might have been right in that area yeah. by the silo, and that's why that area kind of marked off. You want to drive up and down this one? Yeah, kind of go up and down Gettys a yeah. little bit and see where it kind of goes on here. I'll go down here a little bit, like halfway from where we started, and go back this way. I am going to look up while we're doing this myself. Yeah. of seeing a live animal near an old burial site. Yes. With a dead animal nearby or something. Right, I'm going to come up here and turn around. All right, so we are driving back up the road, and we're going to go past the crossing world a little bit just to see. Maybe we'll see something. Maybe we'll catch something on tape. I don't know. So, a really freaky fact. 
back there, we saw that deer carcass around where the um, body was found, the first murder victim was discovered. It was directly in front. It was directly in front of the silo, like yeah. the, the entire area. It was, And there was, like, nothing else in the, in the whole, apart from the, the live turkey that we saw. And obviously that means that there's wildlife. The point of my rambling here is that um, a dead deer in, uh, symbolically stands for the loss of innocence which I think, considering the graphic nature of Mary's murder, is significant that we saw yeah. a deer's carcass where she lost her innocence. Does the live animal stand for um, maybe even rebirth or something along those lines as in, like, she still lives on? Because she walked that turkey walked out right where the carcass was mm-hmm. and then went into the forest. Again, I wonder if this land used to be hunting land as well. And that might be the reason why people say it's active because there was a lot of tragedy. Yeah, um, it's it's like I said before. The there was the other sector, the nurse um, that has been seen at the silo location, and I'm sure you know as we were talking about the general abandonment nature of where we're at right now. Yeah, you just kind of got to assume that a lot of really kind of bad stuff has happened out there. Yeah, like it's just easy to get away. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you know if Michigan has turkey vultures? I don't know. Because... They might. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. So there are turkeys. Um, yeah, so that turkey that we saw that was black from a distance mm-hmm. was a turkey vulture, not just a, a turkey. And um, turkey vultures... <clears throat> get ready to have your mind blown a little bit. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh... Right, so turkey vultures, friends, um, the real freaky thing, we were talking about how uh, dead deer's loss of innocence. Turkey vultures can represent rebirth and also represent death. Wow, okay. So that is real fucking weird that we went to this location where, like, this huge, notorious, like, murder and happened, this huge, like, this body was found, and we saw within a two-minute time span a deer carcass and a turkey vulture. That's just crazy. And especially, like, oh, like a little bird up in the distance. And we find out what that is and what that and means. And the thing is, is you pointed that out, and immediately it was almost like a, that's not normal. No. Like, and then, because the first time we drove past, I did not notice the, but I feel like it's weird we didn't notice the carcass right away, because I didn't until you were like, oh, God, there's a carcass. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. That was, I mean. It was directly in front of it, too. Which is the weirdest part. That's exactly where that turkey vulture walked from. That was definitely a truck guys. Like, wow. Mm. Wow. That was really cool. Did that you, was really cool. Did you get a picture of it? I got a picture of um, a bunch of things. Left. Take a couple of, like, candid photos, too. Please take a candid photo. Well, <laughs> well, I just mean, like, photos, just, like, different photos of different angles and stuff. Maybe we can see some orbs or something later on. Up next in our testimonial section, listen as we talk to our friend Allison and listen to what she thinks lies beyond. All right, we're here with my good friend Allison, one of my besties. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Allison is also a local resident of Michigan, lifelong resident of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, She's from around the Ann Arbor area her whole life. and, yeah, we've known each other for a couple of years. We've talked about some spooky ghost stuff together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've covered this in the past before, but you believe in ghosts, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, energy... Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I just wanted to add more. Go ahead. I feel like energy can't be, you know, it can't be created or destroyed, obviously. So your energy has to go somewhere. And if it doesn't get passed on, then it just probably lingers in some sort of other dimensional thing that we can't see because we can't see a lot of things, you know? I am talking mm-hmm. really fast. But, so yeah, I think that there's definitely ghosts out there or at least like weird energies from things that have happened in the past because that would make sense. Yeah, we were, uh, or we've been talking about that the last couple of times that we've recorded about how I... They, uh, you know, we talked about it at the the cemetery with the Ada Witch, um, about how there's just no possible way, especially in concentrated areas like that, um, that there could possibly be, like, a complete passive of all of that energy. Right. 
I agree. Yeah. And that's why you feel weird things where they like traumatic things have had happened. Mm-hmm. It's like the vibes are just off forever in that spot because of like the traumatic incident that happened. Like that energy just stays there for a while. Yeah. So yeah, for sure ghosts are a thing. For sure. Or something similar. Have you ever seen uh, like a full-bodied apparition of any sorts? Or No, but I've had weird things happen in my house, which I'm sure is haunted. Do you want me to talk about those right now? Yeah. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> okay. So one time, uh, it was like I was sleeping in the basement of my parents' house. And I always like have weird feelings about basements, but especially like that basement. And it was like three in the morning. and I don't drink pop in cans I didn't drink alcohol at that time in cans and it was in the middle of an area that didn't have any counters around but anyways I was sleeping and at that point the floor in the basement was all concrete and at like three in the morning I heard a can clatter on the ground of the concrete in my um, basement like right outside my door and like I said there's no tables or anything around there I didn't have any cans around it was just me living there Everybody else was upstairs asleep, and I went out to investigate, and there was just, like, a can in the middle of the floor. And mind you, I live in the basement, so there's no draft from any windows because there's not any windows down there. It was the middle of summer, so my parents didn't have the air on, so it's not like a draft could have blown it off of a counter or anything. And it was, like, 3 in the morning, which is, like, a specific time. So that's one incident. And then another incident is I was, again, sleeping in my bedroom, and um, I was trying to take a nap after work, and I heard, like, this dude's voice screaming in my ear, and, like, it was far away at first, and then I heard it again, and it was closer to my ear. And I don't know. And then my parents' lights in their bedroom would flicker on and off and the fan would turn on randomly. So I think that my house was haunted for sure. But um, this you like said... Your... <laughs> you oh, go I'm, first. I'm sorry. Was this like your... Was this your, like, childhood house? Um, We moved there when I was, like, 15. So not childhood, so... but late teenage. A substantial... Teenage... You lived there for a pretty a long time. A couple years, yeah. Yeah. Real quick, I just wanted to cover that, like, when you were napping or trying to nap or whatever it was that you heard the guy yelling in your ear, you couldn't oh. understand. Yeah, I couldn't understand what he, what was, he was saying. You could just hear, like, a definite male voice, like, yeah. screaming. And at yelling. that point, again, I was the only one in the house. Like, my parents were all at work. I was alone. Like, everything was locked down. I literally just walked in from work, and, like, there was nothing around. Right, because you were there. an opener like me, and so yeah, you so got, got there in the middle of like the afternoon. And I was, you know, back home and trying to sleep by 3, and I couldn't sleep after that because it said something angry far away, and then it was right in my ear after I thought I just hallucinated it, and I just... And then I went upstairs and I fell on edge the whole night. Anyways, my Jeez. parents' house is it's freaky. Yeah, I haven't like was it really felt anything here? But was it what? was it that specific location, or has this happened before at other houses? I don't remember a lot from my childhood and ghosts. Um, that okay, are is probably the like biggest experiences I've had I don't know I feel like I feel like presence is looking at you sometimes but that just might be me being paranoid you know I get that I mean yeah I definitely get that uh the feeling of being watched being watched um sometimes I definitely feel like it's just me being paranoid and just me like thinking nonsense thoughts and um Sometimes there's definitely times where I'm able to tell, oh, no, there's definitely something that I can't see well, that's watching me Well, you were telling me, right now. Colleen, about that one lady that you saw leaning over you while you were napping. Yeah, did I ever tell you about that, Carson? Yes, I remember you have told me about that before. Tell me, tell so us more. Um, it was a very similar situation, and weirdly enough, it's always basements, and yeah. I don't understand why it's always, like... It's not even like a creepy. Like my basement isn't creepy. My basement, I wouldn't call <laughs> okay, well, okay. like creepy. So I just want to preface this by saying my uh, house was built in the '60s, and the people that owned it before had like a lock 
on the inside of the house that went to the basement door because they used to have like giant parties in the backyard where people used to stay in tents and there was like shotgun shells in the backyard when we got there and in the room that was my bedroom it was you know the brick walls that you have in basement you know mm-hmm. um and then yeah. it was like a concrete floor and there was like mirrors all over in there yeah that's crazy but you're shadow lady yeah so um it was a similar story to allison's where i was trying to take a nap on my couch in my basement after work one day and i fell asleep and woke up because i just like it was one of those things where i knew somebody was watching me and like it woke me out of almost a dead sleep because I was almost out and I looked over the edge of the couch and this woman was just kind of looming over the couch and just like staring directly down at me mm. over the back of my couch Big spooky. and like I at the in the moment I think I just kind of chopped it up to one of those it, it was like one of those things where you feel like you're falling when you're falling asleep because your heart rate is slowing down too fast or whatever and so you kind of yeah jolt back awake mm-hmm. it almost felt like that a little bit where I kind of like jolted a little bit and like rolled over and then I just immediately forgot about it in the moment and went back to sleep and when I woke up I was like oh, was that a real fucking thing that just happened to me like what the hell did I just see like was that sleep paralysis or and then as I, I kind of like laid there and was like no no no, no, no. There was definitely something watching me, and I'm gonna get the fuck out of here right now. Yeah, because spoopy. Because spoopy. Well, remember that one time when you woke up with, like, a bloody lip? And you yep. had, there was no evidence of anything. And to this day, we still can't figure out what happened. Have I not told you about the story, Allison? I don't think so. Um... Yeah, back when I, and this is a big reason why, like, in the end, I don't think I'll ever, even though the basement is, like, completely remodeled after the flood, um, <laughs> even after it was completely remodeled, I'm still not going to move back down there, really, because it's, it's spooky. spooky. But um, right after I first moved in there, really, um, I woke up for, went to bed, everything was completely normal, like, I woke up and got ready in the bathroom and was like what the fuck is all over my face like what and then I realized it's dried blood because something had split my lip open in the middle of the night and I had a fat lip for about a week and a half oh my god yeah it looked like someone punched you in the face but I had literally no memory like I remember going to bed and watching Grey's Anatomy and like uh, the only explanation or thing that could explain it away is that uh I had just gotten Cassie and like she maybe tried to like curl up next to my face and like accidentally scratched my lip open but that still wouldn't explain why it got so swollen well and also like why wouldn't you have woken up when she split your lip right open? you would think yeah. that, that would wake somebody up um uh, what about you Carson so- any uh ghost stories um I mean, I have really the only things that I've really encountered are mostly just like shadow figures and like little things that have happened that I can't explain. Like I've never actually seen anything. To lighten things up a little bit, I wanna I wanna ask my favorite question that we have so far. Go for it. Um, who out of anybody and. Like Carson likes to say, uh, you don't have to murder anybody to achieve this. But out of anybody, who would you want to see as a ghost the most? So far, we've picked Danny DeVito, John Mulaney, and Celine Dion. So it can be anybody. (laughs) Danny DeVito was my pick. That's incredible. (laughs) I'm going to go sappy and say my aunt that died when I was in eighth grade. Oh, I would love to see her. I I, I wanted Celine Dion so she could just fucking sing to me, but damn. <laughs> well, I just like there's been a lot of times, especially recently, where like big life just, things are happening. And wish I just, that you like, could wish talk to her. Yeah, around and if she like showed up and I just like saw her, that would be awesome because mm-hmm. then I'd be like, oh well, yeah. she might know, <laughs> and yeah. that would be awesome. But like, I don't. Mm, that seems kind of 
yeah if I could choose anything no like, I yeah, love that but anyway so sorry to get like sappy no but... we're fuckers and we we goof off too much but that's an incredibly yeah. wholesome answer I love that Carson, yeah. do you have any questions I do let him rip oh, baby great tie into this one what so huh what did you say to me Oh, I said this is a good tie-in to that question, that last question. Oh, great. Hit me with it. If you had one question, what would you ask a ghost? Or, like, what would you ask your aunt, you know? Or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, one question, huh? <laughs> She's got those eyebrows waggling. Yeah, I have, like, a lot of ideas flowing through my head right now because I just want to like talk to like an old person about something profound but then also there's people I want to be like what the fuck is wrong with you and then there's <laughs> people that I'm like mm, do you have any life advice for me you know what I mean like or just like meet an artist that I could just be like so what tell me your life question mark you know yeah like that would be cool too so that's a really hard question but those are the general themes of what I would do or, like, yeah. ask them a question, trick them into telling Spilling you about everything. their entire life. Yeah. Be like, what? Just walk up to them what and be like, what is your, what happened in the course of your life? Do you oh, want to tell me? No. Will you tell me everything about your life? But I don't know who I would talk to. Like, Anne Boleyn, maybe? Sure, that Ooh, would be cool. I didn't think about being able to ask but Anne Boleyn a question. You could, like, go talk to, like, a philosopher. Assuming, okay, we have to add in the caveat that they can all speak English, right? Or, like, right. something that we can sure. understand. Like, they just know that. But it would be cool to speak to, like, a philosopher. Philosopher? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, like, honestly, it would be cool to talk to, like, Buddha or, like, Jesus or, you know, any of the what we consider what is considered like a biblical figure that like are based on real people like it'd be really interesting to meet it would be interesting to meet them and then ask their views on what's going on today like what yeah. do you think now yep yeah what did you expect from us and how like it doesn't matter which religious figure or figure person famous person it is but it would just be cool to ask them like what they thought like what kind of expectations on. did you have and what how do you, you feel about how did, it's turned out right do you agree with what's happening right now in in your name mm. anybody it doesn't matter who it is that would be right. really cool i don't know there's a lot of like really cool i think i would i i would have to be presented with choices and be like this person this person or this person and then i could choose but just like choosing a singular person that's hard yeah i'm I get that. I would want to know, like, what am I allowed to ask? Who can I ask? Right. What, what are my what are, parameters? What are um, okay. Ooh, wait, I have another one. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Ooh, this is always a fun one. I like this one a lot. If you could ask a skeptic or, like, convince a skeptic uh, to believe in ghosts, how would you do it? What Would you take them somewhere? How, how would you make a skeptic believe i don't know if you can you know i think that, that you got to experience it firsthand honestly because it's sure. like such a i mean a concept that seems like it could be real but it, for some like most people it's like kind of out there i feel like but like the people that are like feel it i mean believe it wholeheartedly i don't know it's just one of those things like is it real is it not real it seems like it could be real but like if somebody like hardcore doesn't believe in it then i don't think you're changing their mind just like if you're trying to help somebody and they don't want to be helped, then you're not going to be able to do anything to help them. Just like if they don't want to believe it's true, then they won't believe it's true no matter what you say. So a uh, hardcore skeptic, you can't say anything. And be like, all right, well, ghost is going to get you sometime, buddy. Don't know what to say. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. So an interesting point on that um, that we were talking about last time was that uh, I've found that like hardcore skeptics, 92% of the time are like, religious in some aspect which i just think that's is interesting kind of funny that yeah. they're like catholic or christian but they don't believe in ghosts that's interesting. i've just always found that really interesting that they do believe in some other kind of like invisible unseen protective being but won't believe in a life beyond anything else you know 
Anyways, um, do you have any more questions, Carson? Let's see. Did we ask Absolutely. all of our questions? No. <laughs> Carsonian. Um. Oh, I have one. Go ahead. Um, do you think that you would be a ghost after you died? I hope not. You hope not? That's fair. Don't you want to scare somebody? Not really. I don't really like to scare people. <laughs> That's true. That would be That's very idea. true. More of the supportive type, I think. What if you, what if somebody needed like an emotional support ghost? Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to rest when I was dead. <laughs> like, I'm tired, dude. Come on. I could, okay, but I could picture you just being like, listen, I'm so fucking tired, okay? I died already. Like, let, let me go on. on. Me oh this. my god. I just, just want to nap. Oh, no, I just want to. I just want to sleep. I thought I always thought all my life you can just sleep when you're dead, and, and you now I can't even fucking sleep. sleep. Yeah, not. I feel like you then have to get like an emotional support dog for your emotional support ghost. Yeah. What if Louie was also a ghost, like ghost dog, oh you and Louie? What if we reunited after I die? Oh. Carson, do you have any more ghost questions? Ghost <laughs> questions. Um. Ghost. Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's Ghostfacers. Um, any more ghost person? questions? Ask a ghost question. <laughs> oh, a ghost question. Okay, ghost Allison. Question. Are, are you ready? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ghost question I am going to ask you is... <laughs> What's your ghost question? It is, um, if, if you were Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> I don't know what that is. She doesn't fuck, watch okay. TV shows, my dude. Oh, uh, okay. Do you watch Grey's Anatomy? Some of it. We just covered that. <laughs> okay, 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 here we go. <laughs> If you were Meredith Grey okay. and you were you witnessed the murder of your husband Derek. Right? Uh-huh. You mean the semi-truck that fucking slammed into him for no reason? <laughs> yep. Anyway, so she's witnessing anyway. the death of her husband. Okay. Yes. And if and if like a genie appeared, and was like, "Hey, you can have your husbo back, husbo, but husbo, but. but to bring him back, one person must die. Would you do it? <laughs> can I choose the person? Um, sure." Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel, I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer. Because you could choose, like, the worst person alive. Well, who decides who the worst person alive is? You decide. Yeah, exactly. Or the so worst person would... in your world. The person that, like, yeah. deserves it most in your world, you know? Obviously, that's a no-brainer. Yes. Choose yeah. them and trade oh, them for, sure. for the person that oh, matters absolutely. most to you. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I completely made up that question because I ran out of questions. I think it was a decent question. It was a decent question. Cool. I'm good on my feet. Um, Because all the other questions are... Because... Oh, here's one. I mean, we kind of answered it. You kind of answered it before in in a way. You said your aunt, but I also have... uh, Who's someone you'd bring back from the dead? You could bring your aunt back or somebody else and... You know, I'm not answering for you, but I was like, I guess we kind of already asked that. What do you mean back from the dead? Like, they would be, like, young again, or? Yes. They would just be alive uh, for a little bit? Like, how, how is this bring back from the dead working here? Um, <laughs> I didn't think too far into it. <laughs> he flustered him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's say the person you can bring back is or continues their life if they were younger but if they were older they get an extension 
of life. Then I would have, I would wait to use that until Bernie died. And then I'd bring Bernie back so that he could run for presidency again, because I don't think that he's going to make it long enough to be president again. But I also think that he'd be really good for the country. And See, I think by the time, way. and I think by the yeah. time he died and was able to come back and like get voted in as president, I think at that point, the, more of the country would be ready for him and receptive of it. So yeah, that's how I would play that. Okay. Oh, what would you guys do? Hmm. Carson, what would you do? Now Carson feels like he has to be clever. You don't have to be clever. Just say whatever comes to your mind for whatever reason. Um, we were asking the question, who would you bring back from the dead? That, uh-huh. that same one? That's hard. Mm-hmm. Because like, I, I, I would love to bring back, I don't know, some like music legend and, and mm. ask them their questions about what they did they find themselves successful? Were they happy? Like I'd love to do something like that for like, I don't know, somebody famous. But um my I was actually a lot of people don't know I was actually adopted mm-hmm. by my uh mom and my first father, Peter. Peter actually passed away when I was about six months old. Um and then my mom remarried and then he adopted me. So I think I'd probably, you know, obviously no, not for any like dramatic reasons, like to cause any rifts in the family or anything, but like, I'd probably want to bring him back to, you know, just even for like a day, just like hang out, you know, yeah. No, I like understand that. that. Yeah. I think that that's entirely. It's, it's natural to be curious about who he was as a person, you know, cause he, yeah, I'm sure you grew up hearing stories from Nancy and um, mm-hmm. Hunter but yeah. um, it's not the same thing as actually getting to know the person themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really yeah. nice, genuine answer. I think so, too. Um, I have two answers to the famous people question of, sure. like, if we were going to go towards famous people bringing back from the dead. Um, I would choose Brittany Murphy. Hell yeah. Uh, because she had a really kind of tragic Hollywood career, and she definitely was taken too soon. Yeah. And um, Naya Rivera. Because she was also taken really too soon. And that was also really tragic. So yeah, I think I would choose probably Naya Rivera. Because that just wasn't fair. That's a good choice. Alright. Hey, Carson. Yeah? Do you have any more ghost questions? No, I think that was it. Do you want to wrap this up so that we can eat our chips and salsa? Yeah. All right, Allison. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. No, no problem. Yeah, we always love having uh, new friends to talk about fun ghost stuff. And really anything at all uh here with us on ghost case yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show it was a lot of fun to talk to you guys mm. yeah welcome okay bye good time <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay all right thanks for joining us and hey remember if you see a ghost who are you gonna call the ghost gaze I need a snack. A snack? (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of stuff that gets cut out.